So we're going to jump in into the word here. So we've been in a series about serving, and today I'll be talking about serving with our resources. There are several ways that we can serve one another and serve our community. We can serve with our time. We can serve with our talents. We can also serve with our resources because that's the way that we believe we'll see transformed people transforming culture. Let's pray. Father, thank you for how you've made us and how we can interact with you in ways that can surprise us. We look for you today. We look to you today. Awaken us. Surprise us. Even in these next few moments. In Jesus' name. Amen. So as I talk about resources, allow me to just start by just giving a brief definition of the word resource. And I think a simple way is to just look at the word and to break it down into two pieces. So when we think about resource, it's the re is a prefix there, which usually means again and again, repetitive or repetition. And, and source has to do with origin or beginnings or starting places. So when I talk about a resource or resources today, what I have in mind is that which we continually or consistently return to for support and for strength. Resource is that which we return to over and over again for support and for strength. So my goal today is really to show that serving with our resources is one of the ways that we can respond to God's calling of greatness over our lives because how we view our resources and what we do with our resources are determined not by what we have, but by who we are. The way we see ourselves, the way we see God, and how those two things work together will determine how we view and what we do with our resources. So to do that, I'm going to look at Exodus chapter 4. And before we put the scripture up there, let me just give some lead up up to this particular point. So Exodus chapter 4, we see a continuation of a dialogue between God and Moses. And the chapter before Moses is in the wilderness and he stumbles across this bush that's burning and he hears a voice call out to him saying, Moses, Moses. And what's interesting here is as he hears this voice and this dialogue begins to happen, Moses has an identity crisis. God calls out to him and Moses says, here I am. If anything, Moses knows what his name is. He, he responds and he says, here I am. So he has a sense of confidence. But in, as the dialogue continues, this is what happens in Exodus chapter 3, starting at verse 10. And God says to him, so now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I? Pause right there. So here's a transitioning happening. In one moment, Moses is secure knows who he is, but once he's called to something great, he begins to question, well, wait a minute, who am I? This is not what 
I thought would happen. See, when God calls us to something great, it's usually very disorienting at first. Because his calling for us is expansive. It's beyond what we can see or understand, and it's disorienting. So we have to get grounded first in knowing who we are in God. So Moses says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? So when God calls us to greatness, we often focus on two things. Either our lack instead of God's ability, or we focus on what's happening to us instead of what God wants to do through us. This is the tension that usually happens when we're called to greatness. And allow me to say this. Serving with others is a signpost on the road to greatness. So serving others is the way we can ensure that we're connected with God as we pursue greatness. So Moses is he's called and he's disoriented. And when God calls us at first, sometimes we want to stay where it's familiar and comfortable. And the reason why we often stay where it's familiar and comfortable is because we don't think we can make an impact elsewhere. So let me stay here. This is what I know. This is who I know. This is who I believe myself to be right now. So stepping out to do something that may not be consistent with who I think I am, I need to stay here. And that's often insecurity. Insecurity leads us to hold on to things way past their shelf life. Insecurity usually leads us to hold on to things way past their shelf life or their health life. You know when you're in something unhealthy because you've, hold, you've held on to it way longer than you should have. That's for another day. So this dialogue is happening. Moses is trying to figure out, man, what do I do? So this is where we lead up to Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Then Moses says, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? This is the tension of following God, especially with serving with our resources. Because serving and greatness always involves other people. So when we step out, we usually think, well, some people may not believe in me. Some people may not listen to me. And some may even question if I've had an encounter with God. Talk to me. We're usually in that space. We're still living in the aftermath of Hurricane Irma and also Hurricane Maria, but I can remember during Hurricane Irma, we were without power for only two days. That's better than Hurricane Katrina because we were out power with for like 14 days or something like that. And that was when I moved down here from New Jersey. So here I am, a city boy, used to snow and blizzards with no power now for 14 days. After day two, I was sick of PBJs. I, I was done. I was ready to pack up and, and go back up north. But... During this hurricane, after it passed us, I mean, there was debris everywhere. Trees were down. I mean, you guys know. And what was cool about that, 
that time was that neighbors were beginning to interact with one another when they usually don't. So the person that you usually wave to or they honk to, now you're shaking hands and say, man, how'd you make out? So there was this day after the hurricane, we all kind of came out, and there was this huge tree that was blocking, blocking our street. So everybody, you know, kind of came out with their tools. And if you are a Caribbean person or you know Caribbean people, you know this. Every Caribbean guy owns a machete. All the men them have a machete. So, and I swear this guy came out with a ninja sword. And I'm, I'm standing here like, you know. So, of course, I don't want to be outdone. So I walk out with a power drill and a stepladder. Wearing some Timberland boots. Now, now you laugh. And, you know, <laughs> you may think, okay, these guys have machetes and ninja swords, and you have a stepladder. But believe it or not, when it came time to cut down the branch, guess what they asked for? Stepladder. <laughs> but here's the point. Everything we have matters. What you may think is not a resource actually is. It may be different from other people's resources. The use may be different. The application may be different. But believe me, it is needed. Verse 2. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? So here he is, called to greatness, disoriented, trying to figure out what's next. And the whole time he has something in his hand. What God usually does when he calls us to greatness is he draws our awareness to what we carry. Moses has been in the wilderness here for 40 years, walking around with this staff. This staff is what he's used to support himself and his family. He's returned to it over and over again. And in this moment, he is completely unaware that the tool of his greatness he's had the entire time. When we question ourselves, God has a way of reframing the story to help us to see what we would normally not see. The potential of our resources is determined by God's ability and not our own. And it's determined by who we are in God. When we are secure in God and secure with God, we hold everything else loosely. Everything else is negotiable except for the presence of God. All right. 
So after some further dialogue, God begins to show Moses what this staff is going to do to help Moses become secure. So down to verse 17, this is what God says to him. But take this staff in your hand. Take this resource that you've had so you can perform the signs with it. God will use what Moses has in his hand to do the miraculous. Why? So that other people can have a deepened relationship with God. And the same thing goes with our resources. Because we usually kind of fold into ourselves. We keep things close to the chest. Especially our resources. But we discover the true potential of our resources when we leverage them to serve others. That's when we see the miraculous happening. The things that we usually take for granted, that are nondescript, that are so familiar with us that we don't even think about them. God wants us to look at that and say, that's what I'm going to use to transform culture. Down in verse 20, it says, So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. Interesting phrase. Because now it's no longer Moses' staff. Now it belongs to God. The same thing goes with our resources. Everything we have really belongs to God. Once we are aware of it, we'll start to see transformative things happen because we hold it loosely now. God can do far more with our resources than we can. And here's the deal about Moses. This is a man who was born in Egypt, raised in Pharaoh's home, learned all the wisdom of the Egyptians, was familiar with the culture. And then he spends 40 years in the wilderness unlearning. So, of course, when he's called now, he doesn't know who he is. Am I an Egyptian or am I an Israelite? But God doesn't say neither. God just says, what's in your hand? And many of the great acts of Exodus were done with this staff. Some of the plagues of Egypt were done because Moses extended the staff. The parting of the Red Sea, because of the staff. Water coming out of the rock, because of the staff. Their first battle as a nation against the Amalekites, they won because Moses' staff was held up to the sky. With this resource... Many, many things were done to see these people come to a place of freedom. But I want to draw your attention now to what was in the hand of someone else that will bring many more people to freedom. John chapter 20. It says, a week later, pause right there for a second. This week later means 
after Jesus was crucified and after he was raised, and he initially showed himself to his disciples. Now, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Thomas wasn't there the first time when Jesus appeared. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand. Put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Moses had a staff in his hand. And with that staff, with that resource, many people came to experience freedom and deliverance. But Jesus doesn't have a staff in his hand. He has holes. He has holes in his hands. And with those holes, many people experience eternal freedom. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd because I laid down my life for the sheep. Moses was also a shepherd. But the reason why Jesus is better is because he didn't lay down his staff. He laid down his life. That's way more significant. Why? Usually, we view our resources as an extension of ourselves. That's why we hold it loosely, tightly sometimes. Whether it's our money and someone, let's say, takes it. It feels like a personal attack because it's an extension of yourself. Jesus laid down his life. Jesus knew that his greatest resource was himself. (laughs) If there was anything he could use to see people transformed, there was nothing greater, nothing more significant than his own Life. See, Jesus died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He died so that everything that hindered love and reconciliation, he would take away. He died for our sins. He gave up his life so that we could have life. He was buried, but after three days, God raised him from the dead because it was not possible for death to hold him. It was not possible for death to hold him. So God raised him from the dead, and he was seen by his disciples. Not only that, but he ascended into heaven, and that ascension is where he was enthroned and crowned to be Lord of heaven and earth in perpetuity. Crowned to be Lord of all. And these guys were eyewitnesses to that. And we also know it's true, because he ascended, he sends his life in the form of the Spirit to live on the inside of all those who place their faith their trust and their belief in what he has accomplished. 
Therefore, those of us who know him, love him, trust him, believe in him, and follow him, now our greatest resource is his life that lives on the inside of us. And as a result, that informs our external resources and how we use them. Because now we live the life of God with our resources. And it is within that context that we see transformation happen in our families, our churches, our communities, our cities. Because of what Jesus has accomplished. Moses was great, but Jesus was better. In fact, if you want to have a summary of the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, is simply three words. Jesus is better. <laughs> that book gives us highlights of some of the defining moments in the history of Israel, the defining people in that history, the defining system. But the book lands with Jesus is better. He's better than Moses. He's better than the staff. And then the way John chapter 20 ends is with this. When Thomas now realizes, when he sees the hand of Jesus and the hold, the hole that's in his hand. Verse 28, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you has become, because, that, that, so we had a prophetic class earlier, so that's just a spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in tongues right now. That's what's happening. <laughs> because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have believed. Now, here's the deal. When it comes to our resources, many of us have not seen the return in our investment. Let me put it in those terms. We haven't seen the bang for our buck. And we often wonder, should I keep giving? Should I keep sowing? Should I keep serving? Should I keep contributing? Because bills are still coming. Debt is still mounting. My life still seems to be disoriented. But Jesus says, Blessed are those who have not seen, but yet believe. That is powerful. Because we don't hang our hat on what we see visibly. We hang our hat on what's happening invisibly. Because we will then see visible transformation. If we have to see first before we believe, we'll be stuck and we'll never go anywhere. And that's not the life of faith. Faith is the substance, the undergirding of things hoped for 
and it is the evidence of things not seen. Why do we believe it? Because there's faith on the inside of us in the form of the Holy Spirit that gives life to us. Now, I wonder if that context is one in which we can see our resources, or maybe it should be the lens through which we see our resources. It is an eternal perspective. It is a long-term view. And you may say, well, I'm not rich. I don't have a lot of money. I don't own a business. I'm working nine to five. I'm getting paid by the hour. I may not get a bonus this year. Can I really serve with this? Yes. Yes. Because everything matters. Every little thing matters. Remember, our resources are the things that we return to again and again for support, for strength, and sometimes for even meaning. But there comes a point when we see that our greatest resource is God himself. Not what we have in our bank account, not our marketing prowess, not our 401ks or our trust funds. Those are good. Those are needed. If you have a trust fund and you need an executor. (laughs) That's wrong. I know a guy. His name is Jesus. See, I'll put that that like spiritual spin on that one. (laughs) But everyone here has a resource. You have something that you can leverage, that you can use for the expanding of God's kingdom. God wants to use that. Because God wants to get something to you, not take something from you. He wants to give you something greater. He wants to give us something greater. But we can only receive that when we hold everything else loosely. Jesus puts it this way. He says, He who tries to save his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will find it. As children of God, greatness is in our DNA. As we journey towards greatness, the signs say serve, worship, engage, model, mentor, mobilize, receive, share, give, identity, intimacy, destiny. Resources, transformation, love, purpose, calling, encouragement, courage, faith, purpose, hope, joy, self-control, meekness, 
prophecy. Words of knowledge, words of affirmation. Life. Love. Jesus. feel his presence more. I want to feel his touch more. I don't know about you, but he is a non-negotiable for me. Non-negotiable. So if giving of my resources draws me closer to him, no brainer. (laughs) No brainer. That's it? Is to maybe put maybe what I have in a bucket that's passed? Or maybe set a reoccurring payment on the mobile app? Or maybe leverage my resource of connection, of influence, of skill, know-how? Now, what I'm not saying is that you have to do that in order to get closer to God. I'm not saying that. Um, What I'm saying is, those things happen because we are already close to God. And we're just living life with Him. We're in step with Him. We're not trying to earn His love. We already have His love. We're just trying to invite other people to receive that same kind of love that we've received in the first place. Let's all stand together as we close. And just as a sign of openness, of surrender, can we just lift our hands to the Savior? Father, you gave everything to us when you gave us yourself and your Son. There is no greater love than this that a man should lay down his life for his friends. And your son, Jesus, laid down his life for us so that we would be reconciled to you, that we would experience your life without measure, your committed love, and your great faithfulness. Everything we have belongs to you, so give us the courage, the faith, to see everything as yours that we would be able to serve others. It's amazing to think, Jesus, that you served us and your life, you show us how to live. So whether it's with our time or our talents or even with our resources, Help us to serve you more. Help us to serve you more that we would see truly transformed people, transforming culture. 
in Jesus' name. If you would like to receive ministry or spiritual support, or if you need someone to just pray with you and stand with you, our ministry team will be in the front here. If you have anything going on in your body, if you feel ill, if you have something going on with whether it's some kind of pain or some kind of disease, we want to pray for that because we believe that Jesus dies so that we would have life, not only eternally, but also now. We want to pray for you to come to the front. With that being said, I bless you in Jesus' name. Have a great day. Have a great week. And remember, serve with your resources because it all belongs to God. Bless you guys in Jesus' name.